Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Now that's the sound of a party. Welcome, about to ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally as the world famous smoking and toasting. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Ian, Man. Ian, I see you're decked out in green. We have the sign in green. I, I've had, got to a, wear the, I had to wear the Guinness shirt. Uh, that, you are representing, my friend. <laughs> that is absolutely awesome. Is, and I'm looking at it on camera, and it shows up real green on yeah. camera. <laughs> <laughs> Super green. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Show number 274 is in the air. Our show today is an Irish whiskey blind taste test. For St. Patrick's Day. Now, we've done St. Patrick's Day shows before, and they've always been fun, but we've never had a show that actually landed the live uh, the live show on St. Patrick's Day before. So this, this is, is this, this is, is a happy occasion. This is a so we went all out today. We're doing all Irish themed beers, and we're doing Irish whiskey in a blind taste test, which we haven't done before with Irish whiskey. So this this will be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. It is. You know, uh, is Irish whiskey is one of those things uh, that, that that tends to get looked over. Well, and uh, but maybe not so much anymore. You may remember a few weeks ago, we uh, looked at an article that told us that Irish whiskey was projected this year to outsell Scotch in the United States. That's Awesome and it, crazy. It, it is it is crazy. And as much as I love scotch, there's some awfully good Irish whiskey. So today we'll be blind taste testing it. And we have some, you know, very inexpensive Irish whiskeys and some that are a little pricier. So it'll be fun to see, you know, if, if the price correlation stands Yeah, we've up. got a good range because I know uh, we've got a few that are in the, uh, say, $30 <laughs> range mm-hmm. and 60 and $100 range, mm-hmm. I know, yeah. just, just eyeballing it. Yeah. So I think, what do we got, like 30 to $100 roughly? Probably so, yeah, yeah. Uh, probably so. I think the Slain is like 28 This is Slain yeah, in there, okay, yeah. So, yeah. so that's, uh, that's pretty cool. It'll be interesting to see how those less expensive ones stand up against the more expensive because as we've learned, and with a lot of other spirits, sometimes it's not the price that that indicates that it's going to be the best. True, you know? true, absolutely. So, well, it is so nice to have all of you along for show number two hundred and seventy-four. I was I was very tempted to to take a picture of the uh, proper twelve and send it to you, be like I picked up some Irish whiskey. <laughs> that would have been uh, yeah. <clears throat> I didn't do that, I, I, and I thank you for that. I think we, I think we'd have been able to pick that one out. I, I just don't want to put guess. my money there. Would be my <laughs> guess. I understand. Uh, well, it is uh, as I said. It's nice to have you guys with us. We have a lot to talk about today. We, of course, will be talking craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Those things uh, are awesome. Let's talk about our beers. All Irish themed today. We'll be trying from Eleven Below Brewing right here in Houston. Their Dublin Me Luck. It's their uh, Irish red ale, and you said you've had that before. You're, I, you know, so I was turned on to this from uh, Paul over at the New Potato. Actually, had oh, it. This was a couple of years. All, speaking of all yeah, things Irish, of all things <laughs> Irish. Yes, <laughs> uh, uh, he uh, he had it on cask there uh, or on um, on, on tap. Uh, tap there, and uh, he's like, "Hey, you got to try this." So I, I tried it. out. I've been in love with it for a few years now. Every time they come out with it, uh, it's sitting on top yeah. of Mister Twirly Gig right now and, uh, and a, spinning. It's, and it's all of its beautiful wonder. Fantastic. So, beer. so we'll be trying that. Talking about it. Also from Odd Side Ales, we've had a number of their beers here in the last couple of months. That uh, Odd Side makes me spend twenty six dollars for a four pack. Yeah, I know. It's uh, on it, that it, Hazel's it's nuts. That, hazel's that nuts, stuff yeah. is so <laughs> amazing. It really is. And and you know we talk about. You know the price differences in whiskey. There's some pretty big price differences in craft beer. Yeah, too. at twenty five dollars for a four pack, but it is 
mind-bogglingly good. Well, today we'll be trying their Patty's Red. It's an Irish ale. That would be awesome. And that uh, that sounds like it's going to be good. And then from uh, another local brewery for us here in Houston, Texas, Eureka Heights. We'll be uh, sampling their Tipsy Clover. It's an Irish-style stout. I'm very familiar with this yeah, one, too. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I have a hard time actually bringing in stouts that you are not already familiar <laughs> with. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's always a challenge and one that I accept and, and enjoy when I bring one in. Well, when you get had. to the maltier side of beers, I, I, I really try to stretch out you know, and try all of them. Yeah, so. it's, it, you do it as a public service, right? Yes. <laughs> so, that, so that we can let people know what you think of these. I think, I think that's very, very kind You get kind to hear my experience. Very kind of you. Uh, other things to talk about, um, we have a, a list of new cigars to watch for. There's some very interesting things coming to cigar uh, uh, shops near you. Oliva. I love them. Oh, so how do you feel about that uh, that latest release they did, the limited release, the Serie V uh, 135th anniversary I bought cigar. two boxes of them, yeah, and I'm I know. out of them. Guess what? They're so good. Guess what? Tell me they're doing more. They're making more. Oh, man, I would love it if that's in their standard line. That would be amazing. Yeah, I don't know whether they're just making more of the limited release or, or whether they're going to do – we may find out when we look at the article. But uh, but they have yeah, they have announced that they will be doing an increased production of that particular cigar. I'm assuming they sold out of that so fast that even their heads were spinning. Yeah, and, and why not? Like, if they have the tobacco, why not keep doing it? So here's, here's the thing. Uh, just a short aside while we're talking about that, sometimes the shape of a cigar – um, and 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 then of course obviously the amount that's blended into it and everything uh, has a lot to do with the flavor of the cigar and that mm -hmm. one comes out absolutely amazing. They really did a fantastic. That's probably my favorite Oliva that I've ever smoked. It's uh, that and the Milano Maduro. Oh, so mm. good, all so good. Uh, and the Serie V. We mentioned uh, this last. Stuff they we mentioned this last week, but didn't have a chance to get there. So we'll try to cover it today. Five craft beer trends to watch for in 2022. That should be interesting. And, um, of course, the return of what has become the most popular segment here on the program. And that is a little something. Oh, oh I, hold I, on. I see, I see it's out of reach. Never, never keep the ukulele too far away, my friend. That's, uh, that's sage words of advice from someone who doesn't know how to it play is, the ukulele. It is but. next to a... a, a an Irish whiskey bottle. Oh well, that's good for it. It was enjoying its uh, it was enjoying its status. Uh, we will be br bringing you the most popular segment on the program of late. It's a little something we like to call drinking news. And today's drinking news teaser headline: What's worse than fake news? All right, so we'll look forward to that. It's good. Should be a good show. I'm, that was I'm, ex worth the wait. I'm excited about all the Irishness. And I was thinking, I was telling uh, Adam, our, our producer on the Wheels of Steel, I was telling him before the show that we totally have not, we should totally go after a new sponsor because the perfect sponsor for this program would be Uber. <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> yeah, right. it's perfect. Everybody who listens to the show will will have need of an Uber at one time or another. So it's uh, it's 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 a perfect idea. We're going to have to, if, if any of the Uber crew at Uber headquarters is listening, we'll be calling you guys and asking you to sponsor the show. Might That's as right. well. Might yeah, just well. sponsor a segment. Start there. Yeah, absolutely. You can sponsor Drinking News. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. That, that might be That's... Drinking News is, is, a, <laughs> is a little weird. It's a... So we'll look forward to... A little uh, risque sometimes. Yeah, some, the, the, 
It has happened. Uh, so anyway, we're looking forward to all of that, and I'm looking forward to this Irish whiskey blind taste test. So we've got, I think, six bottles, six different bottles of Irish whiskey. And Challenge accepted. Adam will uh, pour them. We'll do two a segment in three segments, and uh, we'll you know talk about what we taste. We'll uh, rate the two, and then once we find out what they are at the end of the show, We'll list our three favorites from the uh, from the whole thing. There you go. Okay, so. and we have, yeah, we have a large range of those, so that's that's gonna yeah. Be fun. I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. So I'm uh, I'm relatively sure that even as you went uh, around your bar, you know, gathering up Irish whiskeys to bring in, as did I, and and uh, I think we both paid specs a visit this week to get a few more. Um, I would assume you have had the opportunity to smoke something interesting this week. Am I right? I did. I went by uh, Casa this morning, and I love that place. Um, they had a uh, they had an end cap. I, I love uh, when you walk in the door. They have these end caps, and they usually have the new stuff, or uh, they still have some of the um, cigar snob and cigar aficionado uh, top cigars for mm-hmm. the year, you mm-hmm. know, up there and things like that. But they had a uh, H Upman end cap on there, mm-hmm. and I was eyeballing it, and I was like, you know, I haven't had an H Upman in a while, so I grabbed one. Which one did you go with? I went with the one that Steve recommended. Uh-huh. He highly recommended it. I said, have you had this? He goes, I've had like three of them this week. <laughs> okay, that sounds like a pretty <laughs> strong recommendation from the guy that works at the cigar right, shop. Right, right. And so I went with his recommendation. This was the H. Upman 1844 Nicaragua blended by... A.J. Fernandez. A.J. Fernandez. Yes, sir. You already know this? Well, I know I've smoked this cigar and talked about it on the show. It is a... Fantastic! I'll just, I'll oh, just you totally, this. I'll totally preempt your your uh, review. It's incredible! <laughs> it's incredible. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you, it's fantastic. Yeah, yes. all right, all right, agreed. So, uh, so, so I had the, the nitty gritty. Uh, I had the Toro size. This is the fifty four by six uh, wrappers, the Brazilian Modafino wrapper, binder and fillers, Nicaraguan. Uh, the appearance on this beautiful dark chocolate covered, uh, colored, uh, covered. Dark chocolate. That colored. would be an interesting cigar <laughs> covered in dark chocolate. Right. It's hard to Messy. stay lit, but it tastes Messy. good. Yeah. Um, uh, beautiful dark chocolate uh, colored wrapper, smooth and oily, uh, firm feel overall. H. Upman Nicaragua label plus the A.J. Fernandez Heritage brand, uh, band on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pre-light sniff, earthy and chocolate, sweet coffee, tea leaf at the foot. Um, pre-light draw, I used a clip, had a light draw to it, creamy sweetness, tea leaf, chocolate, nutty and spicy. The uh, initial light... Do you want to do the song? I haven't had a chance to do that. Oh, I'm have a very busy. You mean few you weeks. got a Nicaraguan pepper blast, pepper blast? <laughs> it needs ha, to be. I think ha, it needs to be more ha, metal ha, than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, but I, I figured you might like the metal too it is, much. It was the so, Nicaraguan pepper blast. I'm giving you my Badberry, <laughs> my Badberry Gib impression just until I get you to write and record a little Nicaraguan pepper blast. Yeah, deal. it's it's working because it really hurts my soul. Which every time should you do be it. speed metal, by the way. So, uh, yeah, I'm thinking blast beats. I don't know. I, I'm going to work it out. Okay. We're, we're going to come up with something. I'm going to have to detune some guitars. And I'm going to keep at it until you do. Right. Or just leave my bass where it is and put distortion on. I don't know yet. Uh, the uh, the uh, Nicaraguan Pepper Blast was followed by a sweet brownie batter kind of thing. Big, fluffy smoke. Uh, Retrohale is charred toast, cedar, and dark fruit. The first third of the cigar definitely starts in at a medium plus. Um, maybe tipping into full flavored uh, strength, uh, strength wise, pretty quickly. Chocolate and toast with pepper, hints of cayenne and raisin. I got in there. Sweet, creamy notes combined with peppery spices to make a complex bouquet on the palate. Massive amounts of smoke. Uh, 
complement the experience. Retrohale is cedar and pepper. Solid ash. Perfect burn. Mm-hmm. Um, the second third of this. The cedar and charred toast with a backbone of brownie and cayenne pepper. It's got that spice in the back that was absolutely fantastic. Like a pan of brownies baked over cedar fire. The uh, Matafina wrapper is always chocolatey and spicy. The first time I uh, uh, ever became aware, I think, of the Matafina wrapper was that uh, McAuliffe uh, Matafina cigar. Mm-hmm. And I really, a good uh, one. really, really enjoyed that a lot. So I, it's been on my radar ever since I had that. And it's always, everything I've had with the Matafina wrapper is, uh, is, is definitely right on my uh, flavor uh, profile that I really enjoy. So um, let's see. Uh, uh, loads of flavors, including cinnamon and raisin, kind of swirl around the palate. Uh, Retrohale is massive uh, cedar notes and toast with lingering pepper. Solid ash, perfect burn. I did not tip this ash on myself at all. Mm. I let it go oh, ever so long, and then I tapped it in the ashtray, and it came off in one big thunk. You I know, you can it. almost I hear it hit the ashtray. <laughs> yeah, that's the best. <laughs> that's, right. that's the best. It's just a, it's just a sar- cigar smoker geek boy thing. Right, it's right. awesome. The last third is pepper shifts to the background, making room for a little leather and slight mint aftertaste on this retrohale of cedar and toast. Everything else stayed pretty much the same for the last third of this, other than that pepper backing out. I really, really enjoyed it. At $10, I give it a 5.5. 5. Mm-hmm. This is a fantastic cigar. Go buy them now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is one that uh, I think Adam gave me as a gift for either birthday or Christmas a while back, and uh, I smoked it and talked about it on the show. Fantastic cigar. Yeah, Just absolutely. an absolute wonder. Well, I had uh, one that I think you will find pretty interesting this week. Uh, in fact, uh, the cigar that I had this week was named by Smoke and Tobacco as their cigar of the year for 2021. It's the Undercrown 10. And so the Undercrown 10 was released to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the Undercrown mm-hmm. line from Drew Estate. The, this is the one you may remember the story. Drew Estate's rollers that were rolling the Liga Pravada cigars for Drew Estate uh, were smoking a lot of them when they rolled them, which normally is something that they allow you to do freely, I guess, at most uh, cigar factories. However... They were having real trouble meeting the demand for Liga Privada. <laughs> and so uh, Jonathan Drew came through and said, guys, you know, let's, would you smoke something else? Because we need to put, we need to, to we need make these, these orders. Yeah, the yeah orders, there's people yeah. waiting for these. So the uh, rollers kind of got together and blended their own cigar just for themselves to smoke while they were rolling the Liga Privadas. And when Jonathan Drew tried one of them, he was so impressed. He's like, "We have to release this." That's and a that, great cigar. That became Undercrown. Yeah, yeah. And that became the whole cigar. line. Now they've, you know, they've really expanded the line mm-hmm. over the last ten years. They did a Sun Grown and several other uh, iterations of it. But the Undercrown Ten was released in order to celebrate the tenth anniversary. So a slightly different blend uh, and a very interesting design on the cigar. If Adam's got the pictures up, you can see they use this thin ribbon that uh, drapes over the head of the cigar from underneath the primary band. It's very elegant and gives it that kind of classic knight in shining armor yeah, yeah, look. It's, it's a dressed series or yeah, something yeah, like it's, that. Can't it's, yeah. it's very, very, I've very seen cool. it. I haven't tried uh, that one. This cigar is made in Nicaragua with a Mexican San Andres wrapper. A Connecticut broadleaf binder and Nicaraguan filler tobacco already calling my name. These are all yeah, things that yeah, I love. Yeah. It's a 5x52 Toro. The pre-light on this cigar was very interesting. There was some earth and tea leaf. And let's talk for a moment about the phrase barnyard. Okay? We uh. use that from time to time, especially on 
the pre-light draw or the pre-light sniff of a cigar, we'll say that it's barnyard. And usually that means it's kind of hay, you know, kind of a, a musty sort of hay. What I want to explain about this particular barnyard is I'm not just talking about hay. I'm talking barnyard, like the whole, like, horse manure mixed with hay. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And the weird thing is that it's actually kind of pleasant, but, it, well, in, a, it, it but in a very down-home kind of way. You don't yes. think of, when you think of manure, you don't if necessarily think of a pleasant if smell. If you've ever been on a farm, right? then that barnyard smell, it's 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 a very home homey kind of yeah. smell. If, so you, if you grew up in that kind of an environment... It's, it, it almost is a, a, when you smell it, it almost like takes you back. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing. So, I mean, it was very barnyardy, but it was still very, very pleasant. So uh, I just want to make sure you don't think I'm talking about hay because it was way more than hey, that. Some people love the smell of gasoline. Yeah, okay. Whatever, yeah. you know. I mean, like. <laughs> uh, so I uh, used my trusty punch and I lit up the underground tin and I was rewarded with the customary, should I sing it again? Nicaraguan pepper blast. Uh, we'll, we'll just, I already sung it. We'll let it yeah, we'll yeah, let we're that gonna go. Yeah, we're going to let that go. I, I'll come up with something. Man. Yeah. Although I must say it was a very friendly uh, blast. It, was, it wasn't one of those knock you back and you have to recover. I want to point out, just on paper on this cigar, if the only thing they could have done to make it more you is to take their regular label and then color it in like Day of the Dead. Yeah, you're absolutely like, right. That's the only thing that could have made it more <laughs> I just cruise. I just looked at this and I thought, I must <laughs> smoke this cigar. And I hadn't had one until this. So um, it it, uh, it was, you know, a very friendly Nicaraguan pepper blast. And then once that settled down, the pepper note remained, but it was joined by some friends I like to call cocoa and toast. Uh, and a very smoky sweetness that was a little hard to describe, but very, very, very nice. I really liked it. The burn on this cigar reminded me a bit of the way that Aliga Pravada burns. It's a little crooked. But you could swear that the cigar is doing its damnedest to try to burn straight. So it gets a little bit jagged, and then it evens out, like, multiple times mm -hmm. over, the, uh, over the course of smoking the cigar. And I will also mention lots of very thick smoke. It was a very full smoking experience in terms of the smoke. Second third brought some dried fruit notes, especially on the finish, along with tea leaf and a touch of cinnamon. I did flake off the ash at about an inch in because it, it looked like it was coming for me. You know what I mean? He's, sometimes you just look at that ash and go, that wants to be on my shirt desperately. Yes. And yes. so I went ahead and flicked it off, but it was nice and solid and uh, it was um, it, you know, it was, it was good construction even though it wasn't a razor sharp perfect burn all the mm -hmm. way through. Uh, there was a dark roasted coffee note that was really subtle at first, but grew gradually as the cigar smoked until it was much more prominent in the final third, along with some baking spice and that smoky sweetness that uh, came and went several times. I'd seen the cigar described as having a Mexican hot chocolate vibe. And while I did get a bit of cocoa, I'm not sure I would describe it that way. Maybe it's the smoky sweetness and the cocoa together is where, what people With were a little spice referencing well, yeah. Yeah, when, they, uh, when they said that. But uh, if that's the case, then yes, for sure. I will also mention that there was absolutely no trace of the barnyard manure note that I got on the pre-light. There was nothing in the smoke 
uh, like that at all. Uh, so it was dense and complex, but no notes of poo anywhere in the uh, We could just call it fertilizer from now on. There you go. You that works. The Underground 10 was one of the most complex cigars that I've smoked in a very long time. If you try one of these, I would suggest you smoke it indoors if you can or on a day that's really not windy at all so you can really get the full uh, flavor profile. It is worth it. Speaking of being worth it, the Underground 10 is a 10 to $11 cigar. And if you smoke it, you will actually wonder why you'd ever spend 18 to $20 for any cigar. Even at an $11 price, this baby punches well above its weight. Ooh. I don't know if this release is limited, but I do know that Drew Estate is limiting the amount of these that any one retailer can order at one time. So, uh, so the amount of them being released into the marketplace is a little limited. Therefore, if you see it, grab it. It yeah, is snap that good. One up, yeah. Yep, excellent smoking experience, price to quality, at eleven dollars, ten to eleven dollars, I'm I'm giving it a seven. Wow! It it was That's that good. Huge. It was just it was just a really unique. No other cigar I've ever smoked has had a flavor profile quite like this one, and it was just so complex, just layers upon layers. It was just it was just fantastic. That's you. So for those maybe of, I was just in the moment. I don't know. It, <laughs> That's it could okay, be. That happens, you know. That's okay because remember we're talking about the experience. The it's cigar a itself thing. is part of it. Absolutely. You know, and uh, for those of you uh, tuning in that that don't really know about our price to quality scale, it's it's a one to ten scale. If you hit five, you're getting exactly what you pay for. Right. If you pay, if you uh, if you if you were to to rate it a little bit less, and maybe you shouldn't have paid so much for this. If you rated a little more, you'd have been happy paying uh, more, and and not even had an issue with it. You're giving it a seven. At and at ten or eleven dollars, I mean, it's one thing to give a, a six dollar cigar a seven. Yeah. You know, because you're saying, okay, if this had been nine or ten, I'd have been okay with it. But but honestly, if I had paid fifteen. Seventeen dollars for this cigar, I would not have Wouldn't been even disappointed. Yeah, I would have thought, wow, that's, it well. that's what a seventeen dollars cigar is supposed to wow. smoke like. So that's how impressed. The I Underground was. Lion has been so solid and fantastic from its inception. It's I'm generally a fan of everything yeah. Drew Estate does. I even enjoy the uh, the acids every once in a while when I'm in the mood for. Yeah, one the of those. the dirt acids <clears throat> and the juicy <clears throat> Lucies, and they're they're fine. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, we are going to take a break, and when we return, let the blind. Taste test begin. We'll be sampling some Irish whiskey, letting you know what we think about it, and then discovering what actual whiskey it is. Do you have a sound effect? That's what it's going to be like at the end of the show. Oh, yeah, good. Again, uh, sponsored tentatively by Uber. They haven't actually agreed to sponsor <laughs> us yet, but today would be a good day for Uber <laughs> nice. to sponsor the show. It's smoking and toasted. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toastin'. This program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's show number 274. And, uh, Ian, can you tell from the uh, show notes if our buddy Bruce Stark is, uh, is Bruce watching Bruce Stark today? is watching. Good. We're going to be honoring Bruce later in the show. I love that. I have a special, uh, special little you know award for Bruce later in the show. So, uh, <laughs> awesome. so Bruce, hang with us if you can. Uh, you know, we just uh, you know we love to honor our most special uh, listeners and viewers, and Bruce is certainly one of the most special that we have. So, yeah. uh, so looking forward to that, uh, Ian. For the first time in the history of Davidoff Winston Churchill. Uh, they now have a perfecto shape. Now you may know the Davidoff Winston Churchill as a 
the only Davidoff I really care to smoke. And That's a good cigar. And B, a Davidoff I really can't afford. Okay, unless careful. You, you said Davidoff. If you use Davidoff twice in one sentence. Yeah. Then you actually owe them fifty dollars. Oh, I'm sorry that you're right about that, and that's about what the cigar costs is fifty. It, it's not really, but it is very expensive. <laughs> they are expensive. It cigars. is very expensive. They're great though. That that that. Uh, I used to buy the Spitfire size in the mm-hmm. tin. Yes, yes. And uh, that's a great short smoke. It's a fantastic cigar, but not cheap. You're talking nope. about six dollars per tiny cigar. Yeah, I, I, like that's crazy and for six dollars. I can smoke good. something yeah. something great and much larger. But anyway, uh, the new Perfecto in the uh, aforementioned brand Winston Churchill line. I'm trying not to have to pay more money. Uh, uh, it's uh, It has been released, and it's arriving in cigar shops now. They are plump perfectos uh, packed in boxes of 10, presented in a box that has been modeled after Churchill's briefcase. So that's kind of fun. Uh, anyway, along with the uh, cigars, every package includes a letter penned by Randolph Churchill, uh, who was Winston's great-grandson. So that's kind of cool, too. Nice. A little uh, historic piece. Uh, anyway, it uh, each dramatically tapered Perfecto is 5 and 7 eighths inches long. It's a 61 ring gauge at its fattest point, and they are made in the Dominican Republic. And I you know, I jokingly said they're $50, but they're not. They're 34 Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, there you go. Yeah, $34. Uh, $34 a piece. Yeah, a piece. So, And if you buy a box, you have to actually, like... You have to actually get that. What's that company that does the uh, uh, pay-as-you-go affirm? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's, that's, that's a joke. Yeah. That's not uh, real. But Our, our yeah, buddy maybe. Steve at Casa de Monte Cristo, do, do you guys have financing available? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'd, like I'd like to, to buy a Davidoff. Yeah. Can, I, can, can I finance I, it can for Can I fill out years? an application? Yeah, something to look forward to. Uh, McAuliffe Cigars, you mentioned them earlier. Uh, I like their cigars. They acknowledge the recent uh, International Women's Day uh, with their annual release of a limited edition cigar made in honor of a special woman on their McAuliffe team. Uh, and that cigar is at retailers now. It's the McAuliffe Migdala Special edition. It was first released last year, and it's dedicated to Magdala Sanchez, who created this particular blend. She is the matriarch of the Gomez Sanchez family. Her uh, sons Edel and Joel are the blenders behind the McAuliffe Legacy line. So, man, I um, had a box of those Gomez Sanchez. Yeah, and I think I brought you one. It came uh-huh. in the uh, it came in the little canoe. Oh, it's wonderful. Man, those were yeah. awesome. Wonderful. Uh, this special edition is a petite Corona, measuring five inches with a forty uh, ring gauge. It consists of a Mexican Habano wrapper and a mix of Dominican and Nicaraguan filler. Uh, while the company calls the binder Sumatra, they don't disclose the country of origin. But last year's Magdala was made with a Sumatra seed binder from Ecuador, so that could be suggested price of ten bucks, and it comes in boxes of twelve. And La Paulina has released the 125 Años at a six and a half uh, by 52 uh, size Toro. It's made by Oliva, a company that's not really known for producing cigars for other brands, mm-hmm. uh, though they certainly have done so a few times in the past. Originally, La Paulina did not disclose the blend, although it later said that it's made up uh, entirely of Nicaraguan tobacco, so a Nicaraguan puro. The La Paulina 125 Anios is limited to just 300 jars with 37 cigars apiece in them, which is a, a, an odd number. That's not interesting. Just, okay. Not just an odd number, but an, uh, a strange number, <laughs> 37. Um, it began shipping to stores last December. It's the first time that a cigar retailing for $20 has been released in jars of 37. It's probably the first time any 
cigars. That's being an expensive in jars jar. Of 30, yeah, no kidding. Thirty-seven at twenty. I mean, you do the math. Let's just talk about the uh, marketing from the uh, cigar shop standpoint. By the way, when you put cigars in a jar, the consumer loves that and thinks it looks cool. Mm-hmm. But they hate that it can't fit on their shelves properly. Oh, I know. So they have to put <laughs> they it have on to a have table. table. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's a, the, the cigar shops are not uh, not big fans of the cigar jar. But a lot of those jars are really good, actually, as uh, makeshift humidors. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They actually make humidor <coughs> jars. Yeah, that have a little element in the top yeah, of the lid. And, yeah, and the truth is, like, if you have a jar that seals well, you should be able to use it as a humidor for uh, uh, for. Um, for a time, if it's yeah. long enough, big enough, tall enough. Drop one of those little uh, uh, bovetas in there. Oh, yeah, bovetas, man. God, they're good to go. so good. I know. They really they really spoil me because I have them in, like, so I have three humidors. I have bovetas in two, and the other one I don't. And I hate having to deal with always, you know, putting sponges and, and, and water in the uh, element and, and all that stuff in the other one. So I, uh, I got to get more boveda. That's for sure. But some good things out there and, and more good things coming, uh, even though we're now past the you know, trade show time. We're still seeing some interesting cigars hitting the market. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> very, very cool. I think it's time to do a little uh, blind taste test of Irish whiskey. So we're going to start round one. And, Adam, both of these are the same, right? All right. So this is round one. This is this a. is our Irish blind taste Irish, test until you're blind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's multiple meanings to blind taste <laughs> test when it comes to uh, Irish whiskey. So this is the first one. Only Adam knows which one this is. And, oh, that smells uh, good. It smells like whiskey, doesn't it? Sweet. Yeah, it, it has a sweetness to it. You're absolutely right. Sweet and delicious and earthy. I'm digging. I'm digging the uh, the nose on this. Let's let's see what it tastes Caramely. like on the palate. Hmm. Ding 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 ding. I like it. I'm for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. It does have a real sweetness to it. it reminds you of almost like. It, it, it's it's a different taste, but it reminds you of like a bourbon sweetness, you know. When this has kind of, but it has a delicacy that you don't get with bourbon. It's a mm-hmm. delicate kind of flavor. Mm-hmm. So sweet and delicate with a, with kind of a quick burn at the very end. More delicate, like a scotch, perhaps. But uh, yeah, it's really good. Wow, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I'm going to like rank these against each other. I have a feeling I'm going to like them all. Uh, now keep in mind, uh, this is. Uh, I'm going to taste the next one, then I'm going to come back to this just to make sure because there's, you know, this is the first whiskey of the day, so there's a little bit of palate shock going mm-hmm. on there, no matter what. All right, I'm just making a couple of notes. That's pretty good, and then uh, let's go ahead and uh, try the second one, Adam. So we're going to do these. We've got six whiskeys, so we'll do in three segments. We'll do two whiskeys each. We'll pick our favorite of the two, uh, but then talk about what they wind up being. So. Here this is, is whiskey very number two. Light in color. I suspect just from the color. Not as much nose as the last one. Mm-mm. Hmm. So it gives you less up front, and the finish is a little more like a traditional whiskey, maybe? Um, it's got kind of a roundness to the... Um, to the flavor right there. Mm-hmm. I would say most of the flavor is on the finish, though. This taste, this has a very spring water kind of mm-hmm. uh, vibe to it. Some minerality. Okay. Um, with a sweet, like, very tea leaf kind of finish. Yes. 
it does it does have a, a hint of that and and a little bit of <coughs> maybe a little more burn than I'm expecting based on how light it is. The whiskey and it's hug. weird because the 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 heat on this comes like right towards the end of the palate. It's mm -hmm. not even after the aftertaste entirely. It's like right at the very end of the palate. But there is, if you kind of just pause and wait for it, there is a little bit of a whiskey hug that comes back. Yes, yes, comes back. Mm -hmm. You definitely know you're drinking a whiskey on this one. It's yes. very delicate. Though. Again, <laughs> I'm amazed at how delicate this one is, too. I'm going to go back to the first one. I don't one think of Irish whiskey as being necessarily delicate, but both of these have had that characteristic. The first one's definitely a little punchier than the second one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So between the two, do you have a favorite? Mm, I'm going to go with the sweet, delicate, earthy, mineral, uh, and quick burn of A. Yeah, I, I like A uh, the best myself, although they both were very good. Um, in just my sort of shorthand notes here, I gave the A uh, four stars and the B three stars. But honestly, pretty happy with either one of them. So, Adam, what uh, what were we drinking? What was the first one? A. So, it'll uh, fill us in here. First one was Talamore Dew. Talamore ah. So now that is the Talamore Dew single malt. So it's not just the standard Talamore Dew, but it is the uh, single malt. So so can I guess what the second one is? Sure. Go for it. Is the second one Powers? Nope. Okay. What was the second one? It was the uh, the Jameson Blender's Jameson Dog. Jameson Blender's Dog. So we've had that one on the show before. We've actually had both of these at one time or another on the show before. And uh, that's okay. You know, actually, now that you tell me, that makes sense because that's always had a little lighter profile. The Blender's Dog was where they went to, the, where the the Blenders and Jamesons were all tasked with making a blend that was just somehow like personal to them, mm -hmm. you know. And so uh, this one was named after the Blender's Dog. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't name it like Rover or whatever his <laughs> dog was named. Does anyone name their dog Rover or Lassie anymore? I don't think anyone actually does that anymore. It's just, it's just a little too cliche now. So I, so interestingly enough, Ian, in round one, we both picked the same one, which I guess is more likely to happen when there's only two than if we had right, multiple right. ones. But, yeah, it's just interesting because you and I usually kind of find our taste profiles to be a little bit different, although we both agree on what's really really good so are you ready for the palate cleanser i'm very excited about the palate cleanser this is the dublin me luck it is from uh i i think what's becoming one of your favorite uh houston area breweries isn't man it? these guys are slowly just crushing it in houston with absolutely no marketing that i know of yeah uh, like i never see anything marketing about them never see any billboards or anything like that but um, they are and uh, they're just slowly crushing it with and all their special releases that a lot like uh i'm such a big fan of um uh i'm such a big fan. i poured that first one a little bit heavy oh well so here I'll, I'll take it and i'll give uh, adam the one adam. slightly less adam sips a little less <laughs> here you go um but uh you know a lot of uh, like like the saint arnold's i love all of their uh special releases They're, yes those are my favorite saint arnold's mm -hmm. and their core line i like but but I love this. I live for those. Like I love having different beers, different seasons, and looking forward to it every year. And Eleven Below is becoming that as well. And they have a very different personality. Yeah, they really do. Uh, Their beer cans wise, are very unusual. Uh, yeah, yeah. And beer wise, than uh, Saint Arnold. So like between those two breweries, I think. I could just live on their special kind of releases. Showcase all the year. best of what Houston has to uh, has to offer. So, all right, this is. Um, oops, I'm taking items. Uh, this oh, is. Uh, there's. Uh, 
I, I think. Well, I gave one. We have. You've so, got an. You've we, got an extra one right there. Oh, no wonder. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you would think that the blind taste test would not have me blind just <laughs> it's yet. happening already. It's happening very early. So, gentlemen, no, it has begun. I, I will mention Doug is with us in the studio today. Doug is going to be. We've. We've. I think mentioned on the show before that Adam is eventually going to be leaving us. He's. Uh, his wife has uh, taken an incredible job in Washington D.C. And so, in a few months, Adam will fly the coop. Although he'll still be involved with the show, but he won't be here recording uh, for us every week. So uh, Doug is going to be our new engineer. So uh, welcome aboard, Doug. Thank you. <laughs> it's nice to have you. Uh, Ian, are we doubling your luck? I am. The holidays and family drama are over, but St. Paddy's is around the corner. It's time to get in the spirit. Nothing says slanche quite like a fine red Irish red ale. Dublin Melux, a rich malt backbone and unique Irish yeast character. Give this malty little treat all you need to get lucky. Mm, nice, nice. I love <laughs> That's it. what it says on the can. You know, I, I thought for a moment, since we're actually on St. Patrick's Day, I had thought about changing my name for the day as the host of the show, as the co-host of the show, to Pat McGroin. Uh, but I didn't want you to actually do it, so uh, you know I, I decided against it. I, I could have. I wish I'd have known. I'd, I'd have been your brother, Patty O Furniture. <laughs> there you go. Let's see, Patty's a good dude. <laughs> Patty's a very good dude. Uh, this is a delicious beer. Um, you know, I, I I think always think about the first Red L I ever tried, which was Killian's, um, and this is a lot better than that. Not that Killian's is bad. I, I enjoy it, but this is really Killian's really Red tasty. Ale is. Is because if you like Killian's, you probably like Red Ale. Mm -hmm. But this is a far superior product, I think. And it's uh, very, realistically, very it's, gentle and creamy too. It's yeah, and it's it's got this. Uh, it's got a little bit of bitters, like you get in a good ESB, but not that bitter. Mm -hmm. um, it's got such a big, multi-rich roundness that just hits you right up front, and it's toasty, and it's malty, and it's it's a little ridiculous, and then. It all washes away with this real bright kind of crispy finish that yeah. this beer is brilliant. It really is. It's so easy to drink, too. And sometimes I find red ales are not necessarily, you know, you. this is just me. It might not be everyone. But with a lot of red ales, I enjoy having one, but I don't necessarily want that for my next beer. With this, I, I could drink this all evening. You know what I mean? Just so you know, yeah, goes well with Irish whiskey. <laughs> Which one did you go back to? I went know? to uh, the uh, Tullamore Dew. Mm. Mm. Well, it's very nice with the Blender's Dog as well. It brings uh, it brings out a lot of caramel in the Tullamore Dew. That, that Tullamore Dew, just so I can be clear, Tullamore Dew's regular, like their regular line, is actually quite good. I almost bought that today, but I really like this uh, Tullamore Dew single malt. So it's just I had a good whiskey. A, a little story uh, on my way here today. I, I pulled out my bottle of Tullamore Dew. It's actually a, a clay um, thing of Tullamore Dew. Uh, they sell their uh, their basic Tullamore Dew. I can't remember the exact name of the basic one that they have. But I think it's just Tullamore Dew. Yeah, the basic yeah. one. They sell it either in a bottle, seven fifty mm -hmm. mil, or they sell it in this little clay clay uh, pot pot yeah basically uh and i had this clay pot and this the problem with the clay pot is you never know how much is in there right and it's been sitting back there and it's been behind that's the way my skelly tequila is right it's hard to tell how much you have left and then suddenly you're like oh crap they it's need like a clear window gone. on the side like yeah. an oil can has you know um but uh but it's been sitting in the back of my shelf and i always forget about it and so today i was like i don't know how much is in there and i don't know how long it's been there so i poured it into a vessel and it was um it was funky. Oh. So I thought, you know Funky what? and chunky? 
Yeah, it was yeah. a little chunky and weird. <laughs> so I thought to myself, we're not going to drink that. And it was literally only enough for, like, maybe a couple of us to taste anyway. So I went ahead and ditched it. Um, and then uh, and then I thought about picking up the Tullamore Dew. But you said you had one here. Yeah, the this is the malt, Tullamore yeah. Dew, but it was a single cask, you single, said? Single malt. Single malt mm-hmm. uh, Tullamore Dew. Uh, so I thought, you know, I'll get something different instead. This okay, time. well, um, I, I enjoyed it. In fact, uh, I think... We've come very close to draining the last of that Telemore Dew single malt, and that's one that I will be replacing. I've enjoyed it, uh, enjoyed it immensely. So, uh, sure, if you're pouring a little extra, I'll take some as we uh, go to break and come back. In our next segment, we're just going to taste a beer, and then we've got two longer segments coming up in the show where we'll do the rest of our blind taste test, four more Irish whiskeys to go, and then you and I will pick from the six our favorite three. Challenge accepted. All right, we'll be right back at Smoking and Toasting. This program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. You are checking out show number 274. Halfway to 300. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. This program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We this are show number so good. 274, which means we're really officially now halfway to 300. So that's, that's a pretty well, exciting thing. We're tipping the scales. Tipping the scales for 300. I, I, I just thought uh, for, for just a moment there <laughs> that um, I need to write, uh, I think, more music for this show. Yeah. Uh, one of them being the Nicaraguan Pepper Blast song, yep, so yep, it doesn't yep. sound like Bad Barry Gibbs. Um, <laughs> it could be BBG, BB Gibbs. That'd be your like stage name. You already have a stage name. You need a stage name for your stage name. I just want to, and you know what? I actually really love Barry Gibbs, so I want to officially and firmly apologize to him for the bad impression. You know? so, but I also need to write an "I love beer" song. Oh like, yeah, I need to work oh, yeah. that one out. Yeah, you know, you've heard that uh, like like the country man I'm in does does some covers, and one mm-hmm. of them is the. Uh, Long neck beer never broke my heart. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. that's a and that's pretty good. And you know there beer. is an old country song by Tom T. Hall called "I Like Beer." Nice. Uh, the lyrics are something like, "I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow." <laughs> <laughs> drinking songs are great. Like yeah, I, you know, yeah. Tom Waits. The piano has been drinking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Drink, drinking songs are wonderful. And and you know, if we were allowed to use copyrighted music on the show, we we could do a whole show. Uh, you know, you know what we should do though. We could do like a Spotify playlist, a smoking and toasting Spotify playlist of great drinking songs. We should totally do that. I um, I have a CD in the car. Mm-hmm. This is a guy I ran into at a show uh, last Friday, mm-hmm. Friday before last, and this guy had an amazing voice. He's just doing a solo acoustic thing. He had an amazing voice. I was just like, this guy's fantastic. Well, towards the end of the evening, I was just chatting with him about it, mm-hmm. and. Um, <clears throat> And uh, he came back and he he walked his stuff out to the car and he came back in and he handed me and a buddy of mine one of his CDs, and he walked off. And I looked down at the CD, and the CD's called "Whiskey and Cigars." <laughs> and I said, "Hey, man!" <laughs> yeah, he knew you. He knew. So ya. I went over. No, he had no idea, uh, but he had me right. So I walked out and I said, "Hey, man! I just wanted to tell you." And I, you know, told him about my podcast and everything. And uh, and uh, so he was like, okay, I'll check that out. And right before he left, he said, you can use any of this music you want. So I have the CD in the car. Okay. And I want to tell you, the song Whiskey and Cigars is 
freaking brilliant. We, you got to contact him. I, and I see meant if to he bring will... it up. It's in the car. I got to bring it up. No, he said we can use this. Well, we got to contact him and see if he'll come on the show and do it live. That'd be fantastic. Whiskey and cigars. Oh, perfect. Man. Yeah. And, and it's great. Like the CD's real good. That song is brilliant. Does it have the line in it? I hope I don't end up on drinking news. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I bet he'd do an amazing drinking news song. I bet he would. <laughs> uh, uh, Ian, I just wanted to mention I left one thing out of the cigars to watch for. Uh, for those of you who have, you know, access to, you know, unlimited funds, um, the Padron Family Reserve 95 is about to hit the uh, market. And it's one of those, you know, uber-priced Padron cigars. It's named after uh, the founder of Padron, of course, who uh, uh, died in 2017 at the age oh, of 91. Hold on a second. Yeah. You say uber-priced. I just want to point out that the Padrones that I love mm -hmm. are like... Twenty to forty dollars well, each. Okay, well, this one's right in the middle. It's twenty nine fifty okay. gotcha. per cigar, uh, but <laughs> it is it is the Padron Family Reserve number ninety five, and the reason it's ninety five is because um, last year, which is the year that it was blended. Um, Jose Orlando Padron, who founded Padron Cigars, would have been 95 years old if he hadn't passed. Yeah, they had the 90 out for a while, yeah, so yeah. obviously that's so. This is the this next is the generation next of that. Right. So yeah, so you know, if you're looking, listen, they won Cigar of the Year like four times with Cigar Aficionado with these kind of releases. So, uh, including I think 20 uh, just last year, 2021, I believe it was a Padron that won Cigar of the Year. So, all right, Ian, let's uh, let's break into more beer here, shall we? This is. Odd side, which we already know that we love this brewery, mm -hmm. uh, and they've done some amazing things, including making you pay $25, making you happily pay $25 oh, yeah, no for a four-pack of Hazel's Nuts, um, uh, their amazing stout. Have I mentioned how good that beer is? I think we, we just- We had it on the show, we and we just- blown away. We yeah. really were. It's like, we've had some very, very good beers on this show. That one's but special. But that one kind of stood out, didn't it? No, that one's that one's particularly special. So it's, I'm uh, really interested to see what these guys uh, do with a red ale because they are uh, they are pretty good at pretty much everything else they do. So um, I, I enjoy their. They have a hazy IPA that's in, that just sensational. By the way, it's. Uh, quite I don't think good. I've tried their uh, hazy IPA. Yeah. What's I'll the? Have to, I'll have to get it. Uh, you remember the name of it? No, but it's it's in a white can with the odd side logo at the top. I feel uh, like I've seen it, but I hadn't tried it. Yeah, it's it's quite good. So here we go with their. So uh, this is Patty's Red. Patty's Red. I, I believe it's it. a seasonal. What does it say? Everyone knows if you capture a leprechaun, you get three <laughs> wishes. Oh well. So is one of them for beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing. Then, you know, and they don't have a whole lot of other information on here. Um, according to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy. Well, it's good that they included that. Yeah, yes. they have that on there. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I found a little... Uh, so they got this... It's it's an interesting can. They got this, like... What is that? Like a... It's a sticker a that says... A bunch of arches. Yeah, yeah. Like... Well, you know what? It, like, like, like it looks like see. the wood from an Irish pub is what it looks like. Yeah, know? it's a bunch, of, a bunch of arches and then, like, an Irish pub. And then in one of the windows it says, Patty's Red, a medium-bodied copper-colored ale balanced with malty sweetness, displaying notes of toffee and caramel with a slightly dry finish. 6% alcohol. I have to tell you, that that sounds like right up my alley right there. It's got a lot of nice maltiness on the nose. The nose is not particularly strong, but what I do get is a little bit of maltiness and caramel. This is a brighter red ale than the last one we had. Oh. Mm. Oh, and then... Uh, mm. Did you get right, all that caramel on yeah, the end there? Yeah, right after you, right after yeah, you swallow the, the finish. Yeah, on the finish, yes. 
The is finish is like, you know, the finish reminds me of those caramels that your grandmother used to have that come in, wrapped in cellophane. Right, that you had to chew off of the cellophane because <laughs> yes. it was always stuck to it. Yes, yes. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you get a lot of that on the finish of this. And up, big up front, you get the malt, I think. Yeah, it's it's uh, this is not as malty up front as the eleven below, uh, double me luck, but it is it is very pleasant, quite drinkable. It's also not as carbonated either. No, it's very interesting beer, and I don't know. It says everyone knows if you capture a leprechaun. Oh, you read that. Everyone knows if you capture a leprechaun, you get three wishes. Uh, it does not say whether this is a limited release, or something that they would produce year round. But I would almost lobby for year round on this. This is very I would good. Too. Very good. It's, this is a good, easy-drinking beer. Uh, Between the 11 Below and this, do you have a favorite? Uh, I like the 11 Below. The 11 Below is that, that multi-punch right, right mm-hmm. when you take the first sip of it. It's got such balance to it. Yeah, it's it just, uh, if you want to taste it, I don't know if you still have your cup. I do. If you want to taste it right next to it, it's just got that punch right up front. That Yes, uh, it'll that be interesting really to, to kind of A-B him. the end of that can. Although, yeah, well, uh, while you were uh, out between the breaks, Doug, our new uh, engineer, uh, came over and poured himself oh, yeah. some more. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so, yeah, he was he was a fan. So, mm. wow, Doug, what good. do you think? I like the other one better. You like the other one better? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, this is a good beer. This is this is a drink. I would not complain about it. Yeah, yeah. But I like the other one. I don't think. I don't think honestly. I think between the two, if I didn't try them right next to each other, I would probably like both of them uh, in their own ways. Very yeah, well. I, I would agree with that. They're both they're they're definitely different, which is awesome, because you you almost wouldn't want them to be like well that's just like the other one you know that would where is, what's the point where is Oddside? Uh, they are Grand from Haven, Grand Haven, Michigan. Michigan, and I'd just like to point out you know here in Texas we are very you know proud of the number of incredible craft breweries that call this state home, but I got to tell you the folks in Michigan, Michigan. are not sleeping. That there is so many great breweries. Now we know what they do all winter. Yeah. Well, this, what are they going to do? They, it's like it's like okay, it's fall, boys. Buy a bunch of beer and store it at your house because you're not going to be able to leave your home for a while, and you're going to want to have something to drink. You know, uh, my sister and brother-in-law live in Pennsylvania, and they actually have a room in the basement where he stores his beer. And oh stuff yeah, and, and it keeps and it nice and cool. In the middle of summer, it doesn't make any difference. Yep, you yep. walk down there, it's chilly, and uh, you have to have that storage in Pennsylvania because. I've told you this. I lived in Pennsylvania, and when you buy beer, you have to go to the beer distributor and you have to buy it by the case, <laughs> yeah, which is pretty doesn't crazy. Doesn't seem like it promotes responsible drinking, but hey, uh, whatever. I'm sure there's some logic, but it's pretzel logic <clears throat> yeah. if you ask well, me. Well, uh, the good news though is that you, when you get home from going shopping for beer, you have a case of beer. That's true. I did just use the term pretzel logic too. Yeah, so that's I know. Awesome. And I immediately thought of a Steely Dan song. I know. So. <laughs> this is the way it works, right? Right. Uh, I like both of these, I have to say. Agreed. They're both Agreed. Really They're good. both great beers. Both really uh, I think good. if I was picking one over the other, I'd, I'd say 11 below, but that's it's a slight difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're both good red ales, and both well, of them crush, uh, 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 what did we talk about earlier, Killian's. Yes, absolutely. Now, uh, we still have one more beer to sample a little bit later on in the show. We'll be trying the Eureka Heights Tipsy Clover, which is an Irish-style stout, so I'll be looking forward to that. That should be quite a bit different from these reds. Yes. So, uh, so we'll be looking forward to that. Also, it's time to get back to our uh, blind taste test, so we'll be doing that in the next segment. And we're only minutes away from drinking news. It's coming up on Smoking and Toasting. Right. Show number 274. Got another beer to put on the toilet game?
Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. We are so glad to have you. Show number 274 is here. Slightly past the halfway point to 300. <laughs> now we're slightly past? That's interesting. You know, at some point in time, you just got to look at the scales and go, okay, we're definitely closer to 300 than, than you know. I, I just hate admitting 100. that. I like being halfway. Halfway what are we going to do? We're going to have to have some kind of ridiculousness for should, 300. You know what? I think we should do something special, actually, for 275. So here's what I had in mind. We invite on one of our favorite guests of all time. Oh, yeah? Greg Duxakis. I love that guy. Yeah, he's going to be here uh, on next week's show. So we'll be looking forward to that. And we, of course, will be drinking rum. Or I assume it's rum. You know, he doesn't just... I think of him as the plantation rum guy because right, I right. love plantation rum so much. But he also represents other products, too. And I think he may have... Something new in the non-rum category <clears throat> to share with us. So we'll be uh, we'll be looking forward to that. I like having him on the show because since the company he works for creates all these cognacs and 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 uh, and amazing um, European products, his French accent when he says the name of these products is flawless, <laughs> and I always feel kind of cultured when I'm in his presence. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, plus, it's always interesting to see what his hair looks like because it's different every time you we never have know. Him on the show. Never yeah, know. so that's the big mystery. So anyway, uh, Docs will join us next week. And then uh, two weeks from today on Smoking and Toasting, uh, Ian will uh, be out of town. And I will be uh, hosting the show with You Know Him, You Love Him, Mr. Alan Denny from the Galveston <laughs> Island Cigar <laughs> Lounge. So, so I'm just telling you, you're going to miss a little drunk fest uh, uh, when you're gone. Man, Alan... I will be. I should be at a point where I can pull that up and watch it. Though. Okay, well, you'll you'll enjoy, you'll we'll enjoy see. checking out the show because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Alan is, of course, always a great guest, and and uh, you know he's he's super knowledgeable about what's going on in the cigar industry. So we'll pick his brain about uh, about what's happening and where things are. All right, Ian, round two of the Irish whiskey blind taste test is here. Adam, our uh, producer on the wheels of steel, is pouring the whiskeys, not telling us who they are. And we are trying them and seeing what we think. That it smells like whiskey. Has a very proper whiskey. Yes, it does. Smell. It says it. Uh, if I didn't know, whiskey. I would say it's whiskey. 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 <laughs> That's how Sean Connery would say. Yeah, whiskey. I'll have the whiskey. <laughs> My Sean Connery's better than my Barry Gibb, you have to admit. That doesn't <laughs> well, mean it's that good, but it is better than my Barry a, Gibb. That's a low bar to get over. Yeah, right? yeah. Quite frankly, uh, just about any impression I do is better than my Barry Gibb. Uh, on the nose, just a kind of a straight sort of whiskey vibe. Uh, you've already uh, tasted it. What do you think? Wow, okay. Um, this is um, big and round compared wow, to the other one. Wow, cinnamon. Mm. I get lots and lots of cinnamon in this baby. I go with that. And spicy on the finish, too. Mm -hmm. So definitely cinnamon and spicy on the finish. Cinnamon in the middle of the palate. Lots of cinnamon and other spices. Maybe even a little clove there on the finish. That's good. Yeah, there's a little bit of some. Clove is a good one. I'm writing down just in my notes, cinnamon bomb. Um, nice little, nice little uh, gentle whis whiskey hug comes back at you after a moment. <clears throat> it's not too intense, but it's there. It's interesting. It's not a real refined um, uh, taste. Not delicate like the other ones. The other ones had a little. No, more it's bold. Smell. It's definitely bolder. Definitely bold. And it's this got is... it's got some caramel in there too. That I'm getting in. You know, in if my the other ones are like sips. an orchestra, this is a little more garage band. And but not nothing, in a bad and way. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, uh, sometimes you want to see the. Uh, you know, the London Symphony Orchestra, sometimes you want to see the strokes. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> there you it's go. just the way it is. <laughs> or right? the Melvins, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> mm. I saw the Melvins with Napalm Death. How was that? At Numbers. It was, <laughs> it was oddly awesome. <laughs> numbers is like the most awesome place, you know? I saw Nine Inch Nails there. Yeah. It was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Phenomenal. I saw uh, John Spencer Blues Explosion. Ooh. What a great band times. that was. Fun times. Yeah. Them. Uh, okay, so I like this. It, you definitely know you're drinking whiskey on that It may one. not be as refined as big the first two hug. that we tried, but boy, is it good. Uh, big Whiskey Hug is right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make some notes on that. That is A for round two. So here comes B. <clears throat> oh, this is immediately like you can you can smell. I get a lot of minerality on the nose. Yeah, on this, one. this is this is a much more uh, like delicate. And Reminds me a little more of, of a Scotch sort of a vibe. Okay, I like the kind nose. of an earthy smell to it, almost. Mm -hmm. uh, not quite floral, but earthy. Okay, this is just out and out whiskey. You know what I mean? It tastes I like, like that. whiskey. You, you do like that? Though. I like that. Mm hmm. Mm. That I'm, is that is unapologetically whiskey, right? Yeah, there. I, I'm writing my I notes. Agree. I'm writing down pure whiskey. <laughs> I'm just putting whiskey AF. All right, that makes sense. That makes total sense. Um, I like it. Something about, and I'll go ahead and reveal my pick oh, for these two. Minerally, yeah, very mineral. Um, something about the uh, first one of this round, the A, really like, kind of got me in the palate in exactly the right place. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that's my favorite of these two. But I do like them both. What about you? Uh, honestly, I think. I think I'm liking the first one a little better than the second one. This is well, weird. We're picking the same stuff. That never happens. But I'm going to go back and try that first one first. All right. Go, go ahead. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, the first one has a little more um, punch and a little more bite and a little more spice. I like the spicy. Yeah, it, it, it definitely like is spicy. spicy. It's spicy I, I like... like it's spicy in a way that it's like cinnamon, and and like like the way that a uh, uh, um, the way that a rye is spicy mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's kind of spicy in that way. It doesn't taste like a rye at all. So don't, don't right, right. mistake it's that. A, but it's that kind of spicy thing. All right, Adam. What are we dealing with? What is A that Ian and I both picked as our favorite of the two? Since you brought them, do you want to guess what A was? Oh, man. Could you guess what it was? You've had it many times, but that's why I'm asking. Uh is it slain? Yeah. Slain. That whiskey is Plenty. so good. It's one of the most inexpensive whiskeys you can buy. It's a $28 bottle. It's like a $27, yeah. $28 bottle, and it is just so good. Now We got turned on to that. Yes, at, at Reserve 101. We had a meeting at Reserve 101, and they happen to have that there. I love how Ian refers to it as a meeting. <laughs> Yeah, we, we got to talk about some stuff. Let's meet. Let's have a meeting. Where? Right. Uh, Reserve 101. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, business is business, right? <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> so, no, but they did turn us on to it. The bartender there did. Yeah, she was like, hey, this is what we got on a special. Uh, and we we're kind of like, okay, maybe. And then she's like, no, no, try this. And, and wow, we were blown away. And then after we tried it, she laid that bomb. I think at the time, that was a couple years back, she was like, it's $23 a bottle. Yeah, it, and and she was saying that all of their bartenders couldn't believe it, that it was like they thought it 
tasted and drank like a much more expensive. Yep, agreed. Agreed. Uh, so, so that's a good Irish whiskey. So Slain is the first one. And All right. What's what's B? The whiskey AF one. B is a red breast single pot still twelve oh, year. Yeah. All right. So you uh, and I'll just point out both of us picked in this round that A was our favorite over B and B's what that about a sixty dollar whiskey. Yeah, it's about sixty bucks for red breast. Yeah. So so just. Just That's half saying. the price. Yeah, for half the price, uh, you can get a, a damn good whiskey in Slane. And I want to point out, too, that uh, we've had four whiskeys here, and we picked a, our favorite out too, but none of these are bad. These are all mm. delicious. Agreed. The Red Breast is... In fact, I just had another sip of it, and it's really freaking delicious. I mean, <laughs> that's that's absolutely something I would, I would want to have stocked in the bar. I haven't had Red Breast in a few years, so I figured it'd be a fun one to bring. That's it does have a sweet... Uh, that sweet whiskey kind of thing to it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting and awesome. Interesting and awesome. It, I agree. You know, here we are, four whiskeys into our six of the test, and I'm kind of beginning to understand why Irish whiskey is beginning to do so well. Well, you know, these are great whiskeys. I, I will tell you, uh, Jameson's a staple on my shelf, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I have a friend that lives around the corner, and they always drink Jameson's. They always do shots of Jameson's, and whenever they do a shot of Jameson's, uh, they've learned now that they don't generally pour it in a shot glass for me. They just put it in a in, glass. In a regular, yeah, rock to the And tumbler, then I yeah. sip it, because I'm just not going to shoot it. I just, I've kind of given up on taking shots of whiskey. Yeah. Because <laughs> every whiskey, well, if it's a particularly bad whiskey, I just generally won't. I'd just be like, no, no thanks. No thanks. I'll have Someone a water. comes around like shots of beam. I'll pass. Yeah. Hard pass. I'll have a water. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> but sh- shots of whiskey are, are things that happen most often in A college, B the movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they happen. They happen all the time. But but I just stop doing it. Uh, you know, if someone's going to do a shot, and someone's going to buy me a shot. I'll take that shot, but I won't shoot it. I will sip it. Mm-hmm. Unless it's Beam, in which case you'll pass. Yeah, in which it's Beam or Jack. All right, so let's do a little palate so cleanse much. here with some Irish stout. Oh, twist my yeah. arm, sir. Well, now, while you're pouring that, let me tell you about a little, uh, that's a local beer for us here in Houston. There's another local beer that is uh, sought out help from a local barbecue joint, Blood Brothers Barbecue in Bel Air, a neighborhood here in Houston, has teamed up with No Label Brewing in Katy uh, to create... Don Jalapeno, an ale made with poppers that were smoked at the uh, uh, barbecue joint, Blood Brothers Barbecue, by their uh, pitmaster, Koi Hong. And it's a spiced beer. Now, I'm not a huge fan of spiced beer, but I may have to try this because it sounds like a really good I've had Don Jalapeno. Oh, have you? Yeah, that's not that's not super new. So the, this must I don't just know, be a this new might collaboration. Be different because it they're doing be it as a collab. Yeah. Um, but I've had Don Jalapeno before. And I'm not a big fan of... Sorry, I slapped a little bit there. I'm not a big fan of uh, spicy drinks. See, when, I, like I, spicy, like heat spicy drinks, mm-hmm. you know? I like spicy uh, food washed down by non-spicy drinks. Right. So, like, I love, like, you almost can't make the food too spicy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, however, when it comes to my drinks, I don't really like jalapeno drinks. I don't really like habanero drinks. Sometimes a little kiss of that flavor is interesting, and it's not that I absolutely hate it and won't drink it, but... Generally speaking, that's not what I'm going to reach for. Yeah, so I bought Don Jalapeno when it first came out, and this would have been about mm, six, eight years ago. Right. Uh, the first time I saw it, I bought it because I thought, okay, well, it's interesting. We'll try it. Mm-hmm. And I guess for what it is, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. How are you about like the but, uh, Mu Caliente? Hold on. But 
I took that Don Jalapeno. Oh, I know I what you to did. Myself, uh-huh. And I, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm not really into drinking this beer. But I made some of the best brats. I bet you did. Holy cow. Yeah. Those brats turned out. And, and jalapeno beer, they were like nine kinds of good. Now, how are you about uh, like Mu Caliente? Mu Caliente is an interesting one because it is spicy, but it's also stout. So it's it's like it's like having a... Um, it's like having more of a dark chocolate kind of uh, with with spice with chili in it, and it's interesting because it almost cancels itself out in that realm. Mm-hmm. So I like it, and I like especially when they do some of the uh, barrel aged uh, versions of it. But again, it's not something that I generally reach for. Now, speaking of stout, this is an Irish stout. Do you know? Smell how. What- Barley, ridiculous that is. Yeah. Do you know what what actually makes a stout an Irish stout? Is is it is it really just kind of a descriptor, know. or is there a thing? I have no it's idea. It's an Irish stout because what does it say on the can? Uh, this super crushable Irish stout was brewed with roasted barley and conditioned on flannel and bagpipes. Well, there you go. That's what makes it an Irish. They stout. put it through a flannel and bagpipe randall. <laughs> <laughs> That works. That works. That's that's me making that up. Uh, uh-huh. Conditional flannel but it pairs perfectly with a piping hot stew. Can you imagine this with a good Irish stew? Uh, I will tell you this, having sipped a little bit of this, and by the way, big time Irish coffee. Yeah, is is the uh, predominant. But you can smell that roasted flavor. barley right yeah. off top of that. That smells so good. But I will say, it it makes me think that this might have made. The uh, finale movie that they did for Ray Donovan uh, more enjoyable. <laughs> you want to talk about an incredible series with a very disappointing finish? <laughs> I didn't like it at all. Uh, but this, but is... this would, but but it is so Irish. Like the whole Ray Donovan thing is just so like steeped in the sort of uh, you know Irish American type uh, type vibe that this it's... beer right here uh, is not sweet. It's not real sweet. Mm-mm. There's a little like a hint it's of almost sweetness, coffee but it's, bitter, but it's very coffee like or it's uh, delicious barley like. And I can imagine this going with roast beef, um, mm-hmm. like like a uh, like like roast like savory roast beef potatoes. When or, I uh, when you know, I like lived a rotisserie in, chicken or things like that. When I lived in Boston, Kelly's, which had these great roast beef sandwiches, they would go so well with this. By the way, this so is four well. percent. Mm. Oh, for a stout, that's pretty yeah. light. Also, little known fact for all you calorie counters out there: mm-hmm. twelve ounces of Guinness mm-hmm. is one hundred and twenty-five calories. That's not bad. It's high in carbs. Yeah, but it is low in calories. Good to know. Lower than most. Good to know. Um, I all right. Let's. We're going to take a break. This is this is really a delicious uh, stout. It really is, and uh, I can't believe it's four percent. Because I'm just used to stouts packing a much bigger punch, you know. Yeah, no, this is this is. Uh, but you're right, very, Guinness. Yeah. Guinness is low ABV four, too. Four, four and a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but this is a this is a thicker, more um, more coffee tasting beer than Guinness. Yeah, which leans towards the Guinness. By the way, just bit. put out a um, zero ABV. Did they really? Yeah, we're, we're going to have to do a non-alcoholic beer blind taste test. Do you realize how sober that show is? I know. Be? It's going to be like the worst show ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
you know, we'll have to do it on a. On By the a, end of that show, we will have nothing to say to each other. Be like, yeah. I'm so sick of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a break. I can't do the show for a few more weeks. I can't be around you. Uh, all right, let's take a break. We'll, we'll be, that's going to be a definite thing we have to do. <laughs> we'll be right back with the final round of our uh, craft beer blind taste test. And as if that. Uh, Irish whiskey blind taste test. Uh, I'm sorry. Did I say craft beer? Yes. Yeah, Irish whiskey, but apparently I've had some Irish whiskey. (laughs) Uh, Our Irish whiskey blind taste test continues, and if that wasn't enough to bring you back for the next segment, it's time for Drinking News. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. This program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, all things we are quite fond of here at Smoking and Toasting. And uh, we are on show number 274, our uh, our exciting uh, uh, blind taste test for Irish whiskey today. Uh, still has two whiskeys to go, and then we'll be picking our favorites from the bunch. Um, I, I am always excited when we get to this point in the show because there's a definite... Uh, fan favorite thing happening around the segment that we started, I don't know, 100 shows ago or so, called Drinking News. And Drinking News is really all about sto- news stories, and, and we try to do real news stories. We don't go to The Onion. You know, this isn't manufactured comedy. It's hopefully real-life comedy that <laughs> right. stems, from, stems from somewhere where somebody did something a little bit ridiculous. And Drinking News stories are sometimes, but not always, about drinking. But they are always best listened to if you've been drinking. And in our case, with the Irish whiskey blind taste test, you know, we've made the qualifications, so we're good to go. Uh, so you ready? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Well, welcome to Drinking News number 274, and today... We want to give special thanks to Smoking and Toasting superfan Bruce Stark, who we love to refer to as On Stark. On Stark. We want to thank Bruce for uh, calling this week's drinking news story to our attention. Bruce, you have officially won the Smoking and Toasting Listener of the Week Award. Did you? Yeah. I, you I don't like have a sting had, for that. I wasn't you looked ready. like you had purpose, so I, 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 I stopped. I, yeah, to give I, was, you I was thinking, oh, I almost have something, but I don't have a sting for that. Well, Bruce <laughs> Bruce has always been one of our absolute favorite uh, listeners, and he called this. Uh, in fact, he texted this to you, and you texted it to me, and uh, it made for a perfect drinking news story because, well, you'll see. <laughs> so we've all been there, right? You hand a bunch of your hard-earned money to a perhaps less than reputable individual for a couple of baggies of crystal meth. You look around to make sure nobody's watching you when you exit his double-wide trailer. And then you get home, and you look at the meth, and you wonder if it's real. I mean, that 
that dealer did look a little dodgy, right? <laughs> maybe the meth he sold you. That particular meth dealer looked a little dodgy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe the meth he sold you isn't even meth. Maybe it's fake meth. Happens all happens to all of us from time to time, right? <laughs> so what do you do? I mean, you're I just not... I just want to point out I've never been sold make fake meth. Okay, it's good to know. <laughs> so what do you do? You're, I mean, you're not a chemist, right? You're not Walter White or even the guy that plays him on TV. And some of these dealers out there don't even have the human decency to sell you the real thing. Well, a Florida man <laughs> was in just this situation last week. What did he do? He bought two baggies of shiny crystals that looked like methamphetamine, but he was suspicious. Just like the you know problem of fake news, which this is not, by the way. This really happened. This is real. Uh, yeah. The problem of fake meth is a very real one. And nowhere is it more prominent than in Governor Ron DeSantis's state of Florida. <laughs> so. Of course. When a 41-year-old Thomas Eugene Colochi of Hernando County, Florida, had questions about the authenticity of his meth, he did what I'm sure, Ian, that you or I would do. He called someone who could do something about it. Yep. Who are you going to call? Thomas Eugene Colucci picked up the phone and dialed 911 to ask for a quality control check on the meth that he just bought, saying that he wanted to protect others from buying fake product. As it turns out, Hernando County police were only too happy to help him. They were dispatched to his home where they introduced themselves and then, using the resources of their department... Uh, they tested his recently purchased supply of methamphetamine. And they had good news for Kaluji. The it, meth it was, real? was legit. <laughs> it was good, old-fashioned, authentic crystal meth. And so they arrested him. Kaluji yeah. <laughs> told the deputies that he'd recently purchased the drugs and, and after, you know, after having used a bit of it, believed that it was actually bath salts. He uh, went on to tell the deputies that he was an experienced drug user, having used methamphetamine in the past, and he said that he, quote, knew what it should feel like, end quote. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean... He told the officers he was worried that... If you're an experienced meth user... <clears throat> right. He told the officers he was worried that other people might buy the fake meth from this same person and was determined to protect fellow contraband-buying humans uh, that if it turned out to be fake... He wanted that seller held accountable for any irregularities. Colucci was charged with the possession of methamphetamine and two counts of possessing drug paraphernalia and was subsequently taken to the Hernando County Detention Center. The Hernando authorities published this statement after Colucci was apprehended. If you or someone you know have doubts about the authenticity of any illegal narcotics you have on hand or have obtained from another person. The Hernando County Sheriff's Office is pleased to provide this service free of They charge. will test it for you. Absolutely. Knowing the proclivities of the Florida man, I have no doubt that Colucci won't be the last to take them up on it. <laughs> hey, you know, there's a certain logic yeah. to that. because And, and kudos to him. His, uh, his goal? Mm-hmm. And seeking goals and accomplishing goals. Like, he did all the right things. He went through all the right channels. Yeah. He got the answer he needed. Mm hmm And that was that. Guess what? It's real. You have the right to remain silent. <laughs> <laughs> Reporting. The question is, what would the police have done if it wasn't? Right. Yeah. What, what if you... it was just salt 
or something else. Okay, know? well, uh, sorry, dude. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Reporting from Florida, my name is Cruz, and that, my friends, is your drinking news, drinking news, even if it's a catch-22. Drinking oh. news, drinking news, that's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Did you like my improv? I like that. <laughs> New lyrics on the drinking news uh, jingle. Very those, nice. lyrics, those lyrics have a uh, liquidity to them. They can, they can be adjusted well, to fit yeah, situations. That's, that's pretty good. I'll, I'll never forget the first time I, I heard you do the drinking news song, and you said a Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. I was like, what is it going <laughs> to rhyme with that? <laughs> yeah. Little did I know. You were way ahead of me. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> All right, let's return to our uh, blind taste test for Irish whiskey. Um, <clears throat> Adam has been pouring uh, in in secret over there, and I want to mention, by the way, that we you know we take pains not to look when Adam's doing the pouring because we don't want to know until no, don't look. I was just saying. I we thought don't you look, said he was on pouring. Were, oh, I don't know. I, I, now you're looking. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm just trying to say we try not to know. What the whiskey is when it arrives, because we want to, you know, we want to do I'm a fair. I'm not touching you. <laughs> Blind taste test. He's touching me, Mom. I'm not touching you. He's touching me. All right. <laughs> so here we go. Let me hand this over, and uh, we will now be doing round three, whiskey A. Now that's got a very distinctive smell to it. Very distinctive nose. Okay. Oh, it does. Definitely a different, uh, a distinctly different okay, from the other. This we've tried. is on a different level from all the ones we've tried. So you're saying it may be you're almost ranking it above what we've tried. Mm. I'm just writing one word. What did you write? Wow. <laughs> Actually, from your perspective, it says it says mom. It says mom. <laughs> yeah. uh, good to know. This is <laughs> this is absolutely delicious. This this is another level. Mm. Complex, super refined, super uh, uh, super delish. I'm digging this. This is this is a lot. There's uh, that, that caramel finish, a little mm -hmm. cinnamoniness to it. Some some minerality, but really for sure. round and soft at the beginning. Yeah, very very well uh, very well balanced. Some minerality, some uh, mm. little bits of cinnamon and spice, uh, but wow, really delicious. I am. I'm going to say that's uh, that's pretty spectacular. That's my favorite so far. I'm writing mom. <laughs> good, good, yeah, write mom. Okay, very, very, very nice. Okay, so that's my absolute favorite so far. Let's now try the final one. This will be the sixth of our blind taste test. Iris Whiskies, round three, Whiskey B. <clears throat> That's nice, too, but it's not near as refined. It not near good, as, as um, exquisite. I, I have a feeling we'd be almost likely to rate this one higher if it didn't follow that last one. You know what I mean? This one has a almost a little... Um, um, uh, uh, caramelized sugar kind of thing mm -hmm. going on in the end. Yes, uh, a little like a creme brulee almost mm -hmm. uh, vibe to it. It's got a nice sweetness to it, a very delicate sweetness. 
It is really good. Almost kind of a burnt vanilla thing going on, too. It's really nice. Which is something I really like. Mm. Mm. This one would... That's uh, pretty good. This one would have likely have done really, really well. Better if it hadn't followed A. But A was so spectacular that I'm going to say, uh, among these two, I choose A as the better of the two. But they're both really good. Like you said... This is not quite as refined. As I don't A was. think I don't think we've tried a bad whiskey in the bunch. To be mm -hmm. honest with you, um, I think it's all pretty good. My Regardless guess, yeah, is this is uh, Green Spot and the, Powers. Green Spot is A and Powers is B. Yes. Let's see if we're right, Adam. He's just giving us one hundred percent right. Yeah, A is Green Spot, and B is Powers. Okay. I, How much was the Excuse me. The green spot was about sixty bucks. How much was Thirty-four, ish. It's awfully good for that. It's real good. Yeah. Uh, you know, and here's the thing: we're talking about these whiskeys and which one's better than the other. But the truth is, they're all really pretty good. Like, I, there's not a bad whiskey. They all kind of stand on their own. Really, there's not a bad whiskey in here. I would say the least refined out of every whiskey we had was the Powers. Mm -hmm. Even Slain, I thought, was a little uh, punchier. I might like Slain more than Powers. Uh, I'm not sure. I'd, Try uh, which one was which one was we'll see. I'm gonna try them back to back. I can. Uh, Slain was two uh, A and Powers mm -hmm. is three B. So two A. Have you kept yours in order there? Yes. I've kind of made a mess over here, which I tend to do when I sample lots of whiskey. Man, that's a cinnamon bomb right there. That's the Slain, right? I, you know, they're both really good, but I got to say, I think I like the Slain uh, a little bit better right now. Than the Powers? Than the Powers. All right. So and the Powers is still good, too. So put your thoughts together. When we come back in our final segment here, uh, we will announce our three favorites, one, two, and three, out of the six. And remember, this is just a small sampling of Irish whiskey. But if it told us anything today, out of all six of these, we didn't find one of these that we thought was, what, not worth it, right? They're all so they're worth, all fantastic. They're all fantastic. And they're the Slain is twenty eight dollars, and the uh, the uh, Green Spot was almost a hundred. It think? was no sixty. It was like sixty. Was it really yeah. okay? Yeah. Now this was. There's also a Green Spot that is closer to a hundred. This gotcha. is the one. It's a couple of different iterations, and so I don't remember now. So thirty to sixty dollars is a pretty beastly price range. And guy, I got to be honest. Tullamore Dew was which the the single malt Tullamore Dew. The Jameson's Blender's Dog, that's probably the priciest one out of all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I, I want to say it was like 68 maybe. Yeah. Uh, Slain is uh, $28. Redbreast is 60-ish. Um, Green Spot, 60-ish. And Powers at $34. I got to say, you can't go wrong with any of these. They're all so, delicious. Yeah. So I'm seeing Green Spot. I'm just looking on the internet here real quick. I'm seeing Green Spot at prices ranging from 60 to 69. Yeah. And, but there is another one because I bought mine at Specs and there was another Green Spot that was 100. And I, I got the $60 one. I glanced at it when I went by there earlier. That's why I thought it was 100 bucks for the Green Spot because mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. kind of glanced. But uh, but I'm telling you, this sixty dollar one is outrageously good. It's yeah, that is that is my number one for the day. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll be back to look at what we uh, what we rated and how we rated it, and uh, to wrap up the show next, it is smoking and toasting. Thank you for being you a know. part of the program. What you need more whiskey? Is that it? <laughs> no, no, that's a good point. Something out.
Doug, I know you're thinking this show isn't. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. This is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Ian, before we go, I, I have to share this. The, uh, uh, the government has released a report yesterday for the Food and Drug Administration. They, they commissioned it. And for the first time, they have, as a, regulation, as a regulatory authority over the premium cigar industry, uh, acknowledged a report that the health risks of premium cigars are completely different than the health risks from cigarettes You mean and somebody actually paid attention? Yep, yep, yep. Amazingly, yeah. What? A panel of 13 scientists conducted this study, and the findings indicate that the risks that are associated with other tobacco products are very different from those tied to handmade cigars, underscoring the need for a separate premium category. Furthermore, they believe that the data is necessary to better assess the smoking habits of premium, that more data, rather, is necessary to better assess the smoking habits of premium cigar customers and the possible risk. They've confirmed what we all know to be true, that premium cigars are distinctly different from other tobacco products. Here's the... You know, the, they need to put pipes in there with that as uh, well. Yes, they do. They say the hand, the health risks of handmade cigar smoking are significantly less than those of smoking other types of cigars because most premium cigar smokers are non-daily or occasional smokers, and they are less apt to inhale the smoke. Only 1% of the U.S. adult population smokes premium cigars, and very few youths or youths, as they say, Utes. smoke them. Uh, premium cigar use is less common among youth, and only 0.6% of those who reported smoking a premium cigar brand in the past 30 days were under the age of 18. So zero. The first number says zero. 0.6. Zero zero yeah. And after all of that mess that we've had to go through with, uh, with them claiming it, it's about the children. Yeah, no, it's not. It's absolutely not. Because such a small portion of the population... I feel like it's about the money. I feel like it is. Because such a small portion of the population smokes premium cigars, they deemed that the aggregate health effects in the population were, quote, modest, end quote. Uh, premium cigars that's, tend to smoke... That's a pretty big statement for it the... It really is. From the government? From the government. Holy yeah. crap. From a chemical composition standpoint, they found that... Cigar tobacco, including premium cigar tobacco, is not necessarily safer than cigarette tobacco with high levels of tar and nicotine, but the health risks of premium cigar are most likely proportional to patterns and duration of youth of use, rather, uh, how often one smokes and whether or not they inhale. Now, we could have told them this. Who inhales cigars? Uh, well, I, I've known one guy in my life that did. And it's because he was a cigarette smoker. He gave up cigarettes and went to cigars, and he was just so used to inhaling that he did. And then he kind of like started to. I was a cigarette smoker it. until 2005. And so when you quit, did you want to inhale your cigars? Um, there were uh, there were a couple times where I made that mistake. Right, right. And I will tell it you, it only takes a couple of times. You don't make that mistake lightly. <laughs> no, you really like, don't. You inhale yeah. a puff on a cigar, and you will be. If you're not coughing and choking, you are made of iron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, one other finding of this study: they pointed out that premium cigars are marketed in lifestyle magazines, online, and through social media, and there was zero evidence to definitively say that any of that marketing targeted children. Man, you know how many 16-year-olds buy GQ? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And cigar aficionado. Mm -hmm. 
And the Rob Report? And the Rob Report? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Like, you can't get that off of their iPads. I mean, it's just... <laughs> yeah, it's everywhere. Uh, anyway, so, I, I th- look, all in all, this is good news. I hate that they spent all that money I for love it. that we've come this far and we're super... Like, okay, so our government has beat us down to the point where we're so insanely excited about the fact that they've actually seen a shred of common freaking sense. I know. That's that's exactly right. Are you serious? Like, that's where we're at right we now. We are excited about I it, I feel though. embarrassed that I'm excited about it, yet I'm yeah. still excited about exactly. it because holy crap. Exactly. Plus, I'm also enjoying this uh, gold sp- uh, <laughs> uh, green spot. I'm going backwards there is, through it now, There by is, the by the way, a gold spot, and it's more expensive. Yes, yes. And, yes. There's, uh, a, there's a red spot. No, yellow spot. Oh, uh, yellow spot. Sorry. There's not a gold, yellow spot, a yellow there's spot, a green spot. And, and a red spot. And a red spot, yes. Hmm. But the green is really good. Man, that is fantastic. You uh, know, the first time we tried that green spot was over at uh, Paul's Place over at the New Potato. The New Potato, yeah. yeah. So kind of fitting that on uh, St. Patrick's Day we've referenced the New Potato in Houston Can I times. also point out that today's the first day we've had this show in a long time where we didn't hear a leaf blower in the background? You're right. I, we did hear somebody doing some sort I of structural work like on the building. I felt like something's missing. Yeah. Well, it's St. Patrick's Day. The leaf blower guys are all at the pub. <laughs> That's what that is. I can tell you exactly why. Exactly why it happened. So, all right, Ian. Let's uh, uh, let's pick your top three in order, or go three, two, one. Three, two, one. Slain. Number Slane three. Is your three. Okay. Slain is number three. Uh, Tullamore Dew. Number two. That Tullamore Dew um, uh, single malt. Mm-hmm. Is outstanding. By the way, uh, I'll explain single malt later. Never mind. Uh, number one, green spot. That green spot is something special. That's a, that's a pretty darn good whiskey, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that's really on another. Like from the first sip, I was like, that is another level right there. Like, mm-hmm, there's no mm-hmm. way to tell. How about you? Well, I want to include uh, the last one, the uh, powers, but I just can't have it break the, my top three. So it would it would be a three B or of a, a four, but for number three, I picked the Tullamore Dew single malt, uh, and it's interesting because you're going to see some similarities here. For number two, I picked the Slain, the Cinnamon Bomb, and for number one, I also picked the Green Spot. So this is very rare though because you and I generally don't pick the same stuff, we but picked, we pick the same three in a slightly different order, a, but the same number one. We picked A for every one of these. That's interesting. I didn't even think about that, but you're right, we did. So, uh, but you can't go wrong with any of them. I mean, we well, had, we that's had powers. Right. Powers was nice. The uh, I enjoyed that. The red, red breast, breast, yeah, was, was super whiskey. Fantastic. I mean, I just put whiskey AF and mineral water as the and I tasting I, notes on that, and that says enough. And I really love the Jameson Blender's dog. Yep, it was but really much more good. delicate, and I think that maybe it suffers in a blind taste test because you're used to bigger flavors. Right, the bigger ones kind of come that punching very through. Very delicate flavor. Agreed. Just, uh, just doesn't quite cut through as much. Agreed. Um, well, uh, I I thought, but I did think it was interesting that we liked such a similar lineup of of whiskeys. It's not a uh, it's not a thing that you would expect on a normal basis, you know. Um, and for our uh, send off, yeah, we have a bottle kill to do. Oh yeah, because you now this is the teeling. We actually used this as our spirit for spirit tasting uh, just just a few weeks ago, didn't we? Yes, this is the teeling. Didn't you get this small at the, batch? Didn't you get this at the uh, at the whiskey social? I did, I did. This was like at the end of it. There was the whiskey social um, whiskey uh, that we got. Because when you buy a ticket, you get a, a take home. If you buy the right ticket, That's if you buy yeah the golden ticket. 
<laughs> That's yeah. better than Willy Wonka right We're there. So close. There we go. All right, so we're killing off that bottle. That will be our uh, salute as we head uh, as we head out for smoking and toasting. This healing, and I, uh, uh, you know, I didn't have the budget for it today because I was buying two other whiskeys, but I saw it on the shelf, and I will buy another bottle of this, and it's only thirty something dollars. And we love this when you and it's fantastic. It really, really is. So, uh, so here's our cheers to this. We want to send cheers to uh, Greg Doxakis, who will join us next week. We're excited about having him on the show and doing the rum thing. And we're excited about all of you who've made it through our whiskey blind taste test. Hopefully you're in better shape than we can are I, by the end. Can I put this at, at 1.5 on my list right now? I just took a sip of it. Holy yeah. cow. Oh, that is quite Cheers, good. Y'all. Cheers, y'all.